Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Yes. Let's do this today, Jackson. Let's get after it. All right. 65780 is how you can text in Air Comfort Service text line. You can use, leave a mic drop using the 101 ESPN app. Rhino Shield sponsor the mic drops. The program's called Balloon Party. It's just winning awards left and right. Yeah. I don't have the time nor the interest in accepting all of your praise. <laughs> time is the real issue. I mean... Be here for two or three hours if we just read all the praise. Right. Uh, so you can uh, communicate with the program and uh, get involved. Jackson, what's at the forefront of your mind? That's a good question. You know, we're kind of in this weird time. It's a delay tactic. Yeah. yeah you picked it up. Um, we're in this <laughs> early August where, you know, the playoff race is starting to begin, but not really all the way there. Jackson gave out false information yesterday, by the way, to my fellow degenerate gamblers. Uh, and he said the Cardinals were only minus 110 to win the National League Central. I dug into that today, and I've seen nothing lower than minus 165. I've even been given minus 200. So, you are fake news. You are fake news. Yeah, I mean... You almost cost me a bunch of money. I was like, I'm going to go throw a healthy amount of money on the Cardinals win the National League Central. And uh, I would only be getting 50 cents on my dollar. Would you still do that minus 165? I really do like it. The issue any time when you're talking, it's not like they have a Dodgers-like lead, is that an injury right. well, can like blow it up. Goldie or Arnado getting hurt could right. totally derail that. Yeah, I hear what you're saying there. That futures bets is a dangerous game, Tim. Right, and I, I do enjoy placing it. I mean, I, it, the, the Cardinals, in my mind, are 80% to win the National League Central. Really? Wow. Fun. Yeah. Arbitrary percentages. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be in that wheelhouse. And it's not because I necessarily think they're a great team. It's looking at the landscape, and then the one team that they were competing with is just spiraling. Yeah. They're in bad shape up uh, up north. Mm. Well, you, you, you were in the middle of a thought, and oh, I just jumped right. in there. That's right. That's right. Well, so we're kind of in this weird time. The baseball playoff race hasn't yet really started. I mean, it kind of has because it's you know early August, but you still got basically two months of baseball left. Training camp starting to begin, but I mean, from a local perspective, we don't know anything about Mizzou because they won't announce the quarterback. And uh, I mean, I isn't it going to be Brady Cook? Isn't that just kind of the way it is? They got the fifth year guy from uh, Mississippi State. Jack Abram? Can I parlay the Cardinals winning the Central with Brady Cook being the starting quarterback against Louisiana Tech in 23 days on a wonderful Thursday evening at Faroe Field to start your Labor Day weekend? Can I parlay that? In real, true, hot take radio fashion, I'll go against you and take the field. You got Brady Cook okay. on, on game one, I'll take the field. All right, so that 
can go into predictionary, can it not? Yeah. All right. It'll good. be like a little battle predictionary. All right. Good. I feel very comfortable with that. And I guess I can get the Cardinals to win the Central, but that, if it's minus 200, I don't think I can no, count that. No, That's not fair. For if it was what purposes. I originally gave out, then yeah, it would have been. Yeah. I know Friday before the Yankees series, it was like it was still plus money. So that would have been the time. Wow. That would have been the time to strike. It was plus like 110, but. Uh, Jackson's trying to manipulate the market to cash in because heaven knows he needs even more money. That's from the 636. The rich get richer. Sorry. Picked up the Cardinals winning the Central at plus 200 two weeks ago, Tim. That's from the 618. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, Jeff Passan of ESPN has a, th- I mean, a thorough, got a couple of good stories here. I mean, I'm, I'm not by any means, uh, as most of you would fall into this category as well, a Rams fan, but uh, Seth Wickersham wrote a detailed story on Sean McVay, and I was, it's just super detailed, so I haven't had a chance to read through all of it. That came up, and then Jeff Passan this morning on a bunch, I mean, I'm talking about, I, I, I've been on the air, so I've been able to read the entire thing, but it is detailed on the Juan Soto trade. And uh, and John Mazalek is quoted in there, and I know he was on with Randy and Michelle last week, but uh, the Cardinals and the Dodgers and Padres, the final three, and uh, Passon reports that the Cardinals uh, just were not comfortable, including Dylan Carlson. But there was a path to get there when it came to their prospects. And Nolan Gorman, if you don't consider him a prospect anymore. Um, but the Cardinals did not want to give up Carlson. Yeah, and, and I get it. It's a guy who's come up in your system, young guy you still have high hopes for. You're not necessarily willing to give it away. And to what you were discussing, you, if you wanted Montgomery, it was discussed on TMA, if you wanted Montgomery, you had to give up Bader. And then if you're giving up Carlson, now who's playing center? Um, right. Injury-riddled Tyler O'Neill, who fully healthy isn't necessarily your ideal starting center fielder. As we also discussed on TMA, uh, that uh, what Dylan Carlson has done to date does not flash as a guy at the moment who would stand out as somebody who you would not be willing to include in a deal. But contextually, the Cardinals, uh, if they did want to, if they knew that they could get Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader, and then if you also trade Carlson, now you have a real center field situation for 2022. That's a real thing. Right. And uh, so that that was, you know, I, I suppose I think maybe people were able to piece that together. But Jeff Passan reporting that in a story that just went up on ESPN.com, um, and uh, here within the last hour, do you think the Padres are having buyer's remorse on Juan Soto, or will they spin it? that they have three postseasons to take advantage of Soto. That's from the 309. Uh, yeah, the Padres, I don't believe, have won a game with Juan Soto. They have not. Um, the, the thing about so here's where I am on this. With regards to the way things work, especially now, it used to just be kind of sports talk radio, but with social media, now everybody can play the game, is that you get too high with highs and too low with too low with lows, and oftentimes opinions are prisoners of the moment. And then, because with social media there are receipts, sometimes people will go down with the ship on a take, just because they don't want to have to go. Oh, I was wrong on that. Right. The there, there's down. the game. I've just uh, let you know what the rules of the game are in 2022, and I cringe to think what they'll be in 2025. But with that all said. I would never judge a deal like if the Cardinals lost, you know, three of four since the trade deadline. I wouldn't be like, oh, Montgomery and Quintana, disaster. That's not where I would be. Uh, the Yankees have won one game since the trade deadline. The Padres have won no game since the trade deadline. 
the deals were not done for the following five games. They were done for October. And also in the case of the Padres, I think it was done beyond October. I do wonder about, I mean, the, the Rams strategy of going all in will now be justified because they won the Super Bowl. But they were very close to losing in the NFC Championship game of the 49ers and the Super Bowl to the Bengals. And then would that strategy have been, oh, what a stupid thing. Right. But because two plays against the 49ers and Bengals worked out, now does the strategy. And that's not how personally... I view things. Um, Bucks you know, game too. They almost lost in that Buccaneers. Yeah, they playoff. blew that monster lead. Yeah. So with that, so with that all established, um, the Padres, I think, are thinking, let's see what we can do in October. And I don't think that they would be going, oh God, we we're on a losing streak now. This thing is a, a debacle. I don't think that. Now with the Yankees, I consider that to be a different set of circumstances. The Yankees' core issues over the last month have been pitching related. Right. And they traded away a pitcher for a guy who can't play at the moment. That's one that that if that does not work out for them, and barring a miracle, they're going to be in the ALDS, um, whereas you know all, all division winners aren't automatically in there. Right mm-hmm. now, it would be very surprising if the Cardinals got a ticket to the LDS. There's a good chance that they will be the third seed, which means they'd have to play the sixth seed in the new best-of-three format with all three games being in St. Louis. Um, so with that said, if the Yankees somehow don't get to the World Series and it's pitching that gets them, Brian Cashman and this deal with the Cardinals will be circled. Yeah, I just really believe that. That's why I'm so thrilled about it because I couldn't believe that the deal was made. It didn't strike me that it was even on a on the radar. Uh, your thoughts are welcome six five seven eight zero, and you are also welcome to uh, leave a mic drop via the Rhino Shield mic drop on the one hundred one ESPN. App Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you here on Balloon Party. Uh, and you are welcome to share your thoughts as well. Guys, do you think Carlson could have caught the Michaelis no hitter ball earlier in the season? That's from the 314. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they won their first game with him, boy. Stop lying to the audience. That's from the 636. Yeah. Did they? Yes. They... Okay. They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went like one for three or something. The one hitter. But they have lost five straight since then, and the yeah. Yankees run the five-game losing streak. They won last night in Seattle, but they lost Matt Carpenter. Boy, that's I, that's that sucks for us, uh, St. Louis Cardinal fans, because it's, it's so it's been so awesome to see him kind of return to his former glory in the Bronx. But for the Yankees, I mean, that's a he's been a, a sizable chunk of their he's batting third in coming to St. Louis yep. for a team that has been struggling here over the last month it didn't just start this weekend that is a uh, another blow they have a lot of injuries right now right in uh, in New York so Matt Carpenter is hopeful that he'll be able to come back but he broke his foot on a foul ball last night brutal and so he is out uh, for about a month they're thinking at least and he just fouled off a a slider last night in Seattle in the first inning off of his uh, left foot, and uh, that'll that'll wrap it up for a while for Matt Carpenter. Yeah, for his sake, I do hope he gets back, and I, of course, want to see a Cardinals-Yankees World Series. I wanted to see a Cardinals-Yankees World Series, and it's been so close so many times, mm-hmm. and uh, and it still hasn't happened. I mean, it happened in 64, but that predates us. Right. Well, 96, the Cardinals were a win away. Yeah, 09 with that. I mean, obviously they lost in the DS, but that was a really good team. And the Yankees, of course, represented the American League. In well, the one that I think was the most close and realistic was 04, where the, the okay. Cardinals won and the Yankees were up 3-0 on the Red Sox. Oh, 
And I saw, you know, I was, I was talking about that Derek Jeter, the captain show, and Alex Rodriguez said both teams knew whoever won the series was going to win the World Series. And I thought to myself, boy, I didn't, I didn't feel that way. Now, sometimes you get a good idea that either your team is much better or the opposition is much better. In 2004, I don't think, I don't think, I mean, I don't think people were sitting there going, oh, well, whoever wins the ALCS is going to win the World Series. The Cardinals were a damn good team, and the Astros were a damn good team. Yeah. Cardinals relied on starting pitching because Chris Carpenter had gotten hurt in, in September. But uh, I didn't view that being that way, and the Cardinals nearly won game one in Boston. That was the only game that was really competitive. Mark Bellhorn off of Pesky's Pole. I was sitting right behind Pesky's Pole when that ball went off. It is Pesky's it. Pole the one in right field? It is. Yeah, the real short porch. I mean, super short porch. Like Three fifty to that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, it's nuts. Well, Cardinals yeah. Yankees two thousand four. Yeah, it's been. They've been in the. They were in the final four together in two thousand nineteen. Even though that yeah. would be an example of the right. Cardinals not necessarily being in the same category of the opposition. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, you're with your thoughts. Welcome six five seven eight zero. Leave a mic drop. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, with you. This is Balloon Party. I want to leave you. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. Welcome back, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you for an hour. And BK and Ferrario from 11 to 2. Fast lane from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. with Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, and Brad Thompson. You are welcome to participate in this show by texting in 65780 or by using the 101 ESPN app to leave a mic drop. Action Jackson series of questions today. Jackson, how do you feel about your questions? Mm, semi-strong. Hmm. Six, out ten. Ten. Six. Six out of ten. Six out of ten. Really? What's what's the, what was the problem? Like I said, we're just kind of in this weird time. With but sports. that's when a producer accelerates his game. A good producer, not me. Oh no, 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 my <laughs> sweet sweet prince. <laughs> Self-deprecation has gotten too strong with this kid. Um, yeah, I, I mean they're not terrible, but. All right. Let's see what the people a, think. A I'll just go in order. Okay. These are sent over in the five o'clock hour. When evaluating the Cardinals' recent run of success, one element that cannot be understated is the return of Yachty or Molina to the team. From your perspective, what makes his return, both behind the plate and in the clubhouse, so impactful for this team? What does he bring to the table that makes him such a game-changer while not being a true threat at the plate? How does his leadership affect the outcome of a game? Uh, One thing stands out immediately. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? Do you know what I'm thinking? The pitching staff just being more comfortable? His ability to call a game. So right. essentially, I think if this were Family Feud, and it does seem like Steve Harvey and his judges have a wide berth on what they will accept <laughs> as an answer, we would count that. Yeah, ding, ding. Yeah, we would count that. Oh, man, they didn't say that, but <laughs> well, they got the points. Macaroni and cheese. Yeah, Show me potato salad. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it counts. So um, that would be number one. Uh, and I also think that there is a leadership element that just comes with presence. Uh, I recall we were talking about the 2004 Cardinals and how that team, you know, I think most Cardinal fans, if you are 40 and under, would say that's the best team you've seen in your lifetime, and that includes some world championship teams. Um, And that one, of course, just won the pennant and was swept in the World Series. And I I remember asking some guys on that team and just assuming who the leaders were, and they said actually the leaders are Mike Matheny on the – on the offensive side, and Woody Williams on the pitching side. There is a presence 
about leaders that, and I, and I thought, boy, they're, they're not necessarily vocal guys, but I remember being told that's just, it's just how they go about it. And I think Molina has that trait for a lot of people that there is respect for what he has done, but then also for his presence and how he leads with his passion for competition and managing the pitching staff. All of those factors combine for Yadier Molina. Yeah, I think when Lars Newtbar hit the walk-off in the first game of the Cubs doubleheader, all the guys, there's a great picture of all the guys like running up to Yadi and Yadi with a big smile on his face as they're like all like jumping on him when Lars is the one who hit it. It It just was like a perfect personification of like what Yadi means to this team, how excited guys are to play with him. And even like on Sunday's game when he was running at a not a very quick pace from third to home on uh when he scored a run and just the big old smile on his face and everyone seemed to love it. And I just I think he just brings a, a great energy to the team and so many guys follow him, whether it's by example or just the way he conducts himself. Yadi also has credibility with the umpires. Do not discount how he speaks with them and frames the pitching. We are getting a lot more strikes called unless it's di- right down the middle like Wainwright. That's right. from the 314. That's a good point. Really. Uh, uh, Tim, you mentioned yesterday that some of the recent Cardinal teams, such as 2015 and 2019, with good records or semi-deep runs in the playoffs were smoke and mirrors. In your opinion, what traits or characteristics separate a good team from a team that appears to be good? What makes the 2022 team the former and some teams mentioned before the latter? Well, I don't want to operate on the premise that the Cardinal, that this this Cardinal team would be in a, in a category of, I think if you were to, I think if you were to ask away from a microphone, John Mazalock, the DeWitts, um, I don't know who outside of Wainwright Molina would have been on the 2013 team. I suppose Matt Carpenter, but uh, obviously coming at it from the Yankees' perspective. Now, I think most people would say the best team over the last decade was the 2013 team. And I realize you'd go, well, yeah, that's the team that made it to the World Series. But I think that there was a sense that that team was really a great team. Um, that, that, to me, would be the team that I would pick as being a team that has both the combination of of starting pitching and also offense. Um, and that's why that series with the Red Sox was disappointing because you're up 2-1, to one and I think they had Clay Buckles, if I'm not mistaken, starting a game, and he was like a mess, and he got him just like the year before where Barry Zito got him in yeah. Game 5, Barry and he's going, oh, my goodness, how do they lose these home games to these randoms? And then you had Wainwright pitching. I think he pitched a game five, and he lost a low-scoring game. And it might have been David Ross, the Cubs manager, got a base hit. And Johnny wow. Gomes, a home run. I mean, it was, yeah, don't get me wrong. It was all David Ortiz. But Yeah, that's right. Point being, even great teams can lose, which is what I keep going back to with the Yankees. And now the Yankees have made a move that, that will have the, the fan base not necessarily focusing on a player, but focusing more on Brian Cashman. With regards to the Cardinals, I felt like the 2015 team was built solely on starting pitching numbers that were not likely to be able to continue, um, and the offense was rather lackluster. The 2019 team was—I mean, I'm thrilled. Listen, as a Cardinal fan, like in 1996, the, the Cardinals got to the NLCS and were a win away from the World Series. But I didn't feel like that was a team when you line up the rosters, you would go, "Wow, that's a World Championship team." Uh, so the combination of offense, defense, starting pitching, and, and relief pitching all on the field elements 
but it, it does strike me that you have to have some component of of leadership and and an energy where the confidence translates from inside the room to outside on the field and that's the thing that i have noticed here over the last week since the trade deadline that there is an enthusiasm amongst the team for what the organization did even even though the moves were not necessarily huge moves it 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 tended to what had been a monster problem in the starting rotation with two moves and i also think offensively not putting bader in there if and when he gets back and is playing is a positive as far as an addition by subtraction goes anything stand out to you jackson that uh, i did not incorporate yeah just like and this because i know you're a big 2006 cardinal team yeah yeah i mean some real legends on that team but the you know the difference i always the 2019 team comes to mind so quickly just because they just didn't really have much offensively, it felt like, and it would just be, you know, it all came at once sometimes. The Braves series would be a great example of whether they scored 10 or 11 runs in one inning. And it's, then I think they might have scored 11 runs total against the Nationals in the in the NLCS. And this team, it just looks like they have a lot more fun. And it's been this last week especially, but it just looks like they have more fun out there. Uh, the young talent contributes a ton, you know, or has contributed a lot recently. And that's kind of how it is. Maybe it's kind of it's like a next man up mentality. I just feel this team has a little more some has a little something where they're like their own identity. Whereas teams from like 2019 felt like the 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 tide that got washed up after the real success run from 2011 to 2015. It kind of felt like the 2019 was the last bastion of that those guys. And this team kind of feels new with Goldschmidt and Arenado who are your two stars now who three years ago weren't on the team, both of them. And then you go with, you know, and then, but you still have that same Cardinal DNA with Yadi, Ueno, and Pujols. It's like this perfect combination of the new age guys that are like Arenado and Goldschmidt, the new additions and the old term, the old term three, you know, Yadi, Ueno, and Albert. And it's kind of this combination that really it's exciting. I, this last week of Cardinal baseball since the deadline has been the most exciting regular season baseball I can remember, and I put it over the 17 game win streak. Yeah, uh, wow, that's saying something. I have had more fun watching you know the games against Chicago, and then especially the three games set against the Yankees, a lot more than I did. I can't remember the last time regular season baseball captivated me as much as. Uh, this past week of baseball has. Guys, it stands out to me that they're more balanced this season. That is from the 314. 1985. Wow, that team was special. Fans of a certain age. LOL. That's from Lisa. Uh, and Lisa is uh, Jackson, friend of the feather. That's a gem. Lisa's a gem. Uh, Lars has been the X Factor, but Yepes will bump him to the bench. Goldie was there in 2019. That's from the 314. Uh, guys, it's simple to diagnose. The 2022 Cardinals are built to host those three home playoff games to line their pockets with cash. Once they're in, they hope to catch lightning in a bottle again. That is from the 314. This person is not is not buying in yeah, I mean, at the I moment. Get it. There's still, I was still a lot of question marks out there. Pitching is still... You know, you got two good starts out of your new acquisitions, but it doesn't mean it's going to be indicative of the rest of the season. Uh, And then who knows if Flaherty comes back, and if he does, if he's going to be right. Still, there's something to be excited about, and that's more than we could say. I mean, this time last year you weren't saying the the same thing. Obviously they went on the 17-game win streak, but I didn't feel confident at all 
And then last year's, this year, it's a totally different ballgame. It's 1027 in St. Louis. This time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. Our one-hour magical presentation uh, here until the top of the hour when BK and Ferrario take over. We'll take a break. Come back with more Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you for Jackson. What do we got here? 26 minutes. I mean, got to capitalize on it. I'm really working the clock well today, though. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 Unlike Mike McCarthy, you know how to use the clock. That was both a take and a compliment in one. What's what you do with Mike McCarthy? Is this a, is this a reference to poor use of timeouts? Wow, who who would have thought? I mean, if you had Jackson coming after Mike McCarthy at the top of the three uh, segment three today, listen, you got, you're getting paid handsomely. I, I had that at fourteen thousand to one. Talk talk to any Packer fans, see what they think about old Mike McCarthy and his. Where is this? Where is this venom for Mike McCarthy's clock management coming from? I think the Cowboys got a lot have of talent. We've been transplanted to Green Bay in 2014. I just think the Cowboys got a lot of talent that will go by the wayside because of Mike McCarthy. <laughs> All right, your thoughts on Mike McCarthy's clock management, whether you be a Packers or Cowboys fan. Jackson is loaded for bear this yeah, morning. Yeah, agree Six, with five, me. Seven, eight, zero. Only text in agreements, though. I don't want any combativeness. <laughs> or you can uh, leave a mic drop. Uh, Stephen Wildwood has one to do. That's presented by uh, Rhino Shield. Uh, I got this text from uh, somebody who... Uh, everybody, I believe, in the audience would recognize the person's name. However, the person requested not to have their name used All right. uh, and said, what if Jordan Walker comes up? He's working in the outfield now. Be up in September. Give him some time with Albert before he retires. I do wonder about what they're thinking on Jordan Walker yeah. in a few weeks. Yeah, double A right now. But, I mean, in left field, I mean, it's not like learning first base or shortstop or something it's something that could be kind of done in a quick fashion uh i would love to see him up as quick as possible i want to see you know and i feel like we kind of have this thing with gorman too where it's like you know they're so highly regarded their value isn't any more than when they're just about to come up and then they come up and just like any young player who has minimal mlb at bats they don't perform out of this world and then we kind of write them off but I think, you know, a Walker, Gorman, Mason Wynn are all, that's the future of the franchise, so you want to see him up as quickly as possible. Uh, I, I wonder if that is something that they would seriously consider. I would like to see it. Um, so I like the idea. Love the idea. I like the idea. Yeah. I'd like to. I, 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 think, I think that the other thing is I think they could be in a spot in September where they're, they're actually in a comfortable position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they could, work, they could try some things out. Uh, Packer Jackson needs to grow up and move on. <laughs> it's from six three six. Listen, I'm no Packer fan. I just I I recognize talent. I recognize quality. But what what I need to know as your broadcast partner, what brought on the Mike McCarthy clock management take? So, I was complimenting you on your use of the clock. I know I was right here, and I appreciate it. Oh. And in being the narcissist I am, I certainly notice a compliment. Right. However, I didn't expect after my compliment for Mike McCarthy to to catch shrapnel. Yeah, and well, here and I'll explain it the best I can. As you know, I'm an entertainer by nature. So when I said right. when I said that you had good clock management, the first thing that came to my mind is, okay, who has bad clock management so I can kind of dunk on them? And then first thing that came to mind was Mike McCarthy. All right, Chris Weber would be another one. 
Uh, he had poor. Now, see, I was going to I was going to say the the name that I would imagine most St. Louisans, who are oh, I guess thirty or above, the name they would think of. But I wasn't going to include you, of course, being a twenty four year old gentleman, would be Mike Martz. Mm. There was some rough clock management moments during the greatest show in turf in his time as head coach. Uh, he enjoyed using timeouts. Whenever. <laughs> or not use it. Take your pick. Uh, I still circle the game against the Panthers, the last ever NFL playoff game in St. Louis, uh, in which they didn't go for the jugular at the end of regulation. Um, and I know the guys on the team that felt the same way. They were stunned that they just sat on the ball and kicked a field goal to go to overtime. Uh, that is who was synonymous with poor clock management in St. Louis. But, yeah, you're right. Second is Mike McCarthy. Second or third. Um yeah, I mean, you got to know how to use the clock. It's huge in football, and I think the Cowboys lost out on a win or two. Uh, the Patriots game comes to mind uh, last year, and, you know, I feel bad for Dak Prescott. Uh, let's see. Um, you guys might have been off, but Mazzella, we were. Uh, Mazzella was on with uh, Carp- uh, Carpenter. Randy Character. Uh, he sometimes goes by Randy Carpenter. <laughs> Randy Carpenter, yeah. Only uh, when the Yankees are in or, town. Uh, Iggy from TMA calls him Randy Character. Randy Character and Michelle Smallman and said he doesn't see him with the Major League team this year. Yeah, and I, I actually I went and listened to the interview. It was a great interview. And, um, yeah, I, I don't there, – there are ways you can couch words. And mm. it's, it's a great question to ask. If uh, if I had a chance to interview, I'd ask about him and what are the chances of coming up in September? And his way to handle that would be to you know lower the expectations. Um, but yeah, it's something that I do wonder about. Just especially if if we'll see what Tyler O'Neill's situation is going forward. Yeah, that's, 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 that 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 could be a domino effect on it. Right. Albert Pools isn't up here in two thousand one if it isn't for Bobby O'Neill's hamstring. So oh. we've seen things happen uh, weird that way. And and we were talking about the captain. Yeah. On ESPN, I didn't realize that Derek Jeter's major league debut, or Derek Jeter actually was going to get sent down before the '96 season right. without t- Tony Fernandez breaking, breaking his leg. I think he broke. Uh, I think his arm. Yeah, I thought it was his arm in spring training. Yeah, that was. The... It's amazing how two of the greats of the last quarter century started their careers. Don't get me wrong; they both would have wound up there. But Pools was not going to start with the Cardinals in 2001. He was going to start in Memphis, and Jeter was going to go down to wherever the hell the Yankees AAA was at the time, and uh, and he wasn't going to start with them. And then Tony Fernandez, like a week before spring, or the start of the regular season, broke his arm. Uh, let's see. Have you talked about Albert pouting and acting like a child when he got pinch hit for by Gorman? It was quite childish. He's supposed to be the one setting the great example, and he took his glove and bat and stormed into the clubhouse. That's from the 314. I honestly didn't see it. That's my honest answer. I remember it kind of being a talking point, but I just I, I didn't think anything of it when I saw it. I think he showered and then came back, but I didn't think that much into it i don't know I, I i would doubt that he would be doing that in his last year like to be like to make a point to marmol i think he just probably did it because he wanted to do it uh guys do you see what happens when balloon party exit the st louis airwaves for a while the cardinals win seven in a row think about that that's from the 636 uh yeah i don't see a correlation personally <laughs> i go on vacation and the cardinals go on a heater i come back and now you got to take the rockies tonight i guess yeah oh that no, well, that could be a play. Michael is on the bump, though. I I think the Cardinals have a 
strong chance. Now, you're getting some criticism for your Ooh. Chris Sale update. Oh. <laughs> I did catch that. What, I, ca- what, what caused that? I have to throw a little twist in there every once in a while. Well, the Chris Glad Sale. We got an update on Chris Sale's rest in collegiate history. That's from the six one eight. Well, fun fact: here's origins of Bloom Party. I spent my freshman year of college at the Florida Gulf Coast University, and Chris Sale is the most famous alumni. So I figured, if I'm going to update the people on Chris Sale, you're going to include that. It's, Just kind of as a tribute to yourself. <laughs> it's a newer university, so he's legitimately the most famous alumni. Uh, guys, who would you rather start right now, Hudson or Plante? Thanks, 314. Plante is my answer. I'll instantaneously say that. I'm yeah. concerned. If you if you go in deep diving into the analytics on Hudson, it is it is eye-opening as far as concern goes. Yeah, I'd probably go Plante, too. Even though I'm excited for him to – I want to see what he looks like coming out of the bullpen more. Uh, I think that is better. I don't think – I don't think he's a bad starter by any means. I just want to see how he works in the bullpen. But, yeah, I would take Polante currently over Hudson. Lil Punk Ass. Is that yeah. a new name for you? I can throw, it on the, throw another log in the fire. Has given some of the worst takes today between Chris Sale and Mike McCarthy. Wait, what what take four. did they have about Chris Sale? What, what was my take on that? I just said he broke his wrist. He's not playing for the rest of the year. That wasn't a take. <laughs> it was a statement of fact. If they lose tonight, it's on you, McCurkin. Go down to the island again and have another colada, jackass. That's from the 314. What did I say about combative texts at the beginning of the segment? I said none of those, only praise and agreement. Well, that's for you. I enjoy a good combative text. All right. Yeah, well, address them to him because I'm been sure I do a lot enjoy of them. a delicious boat drink. Who, can, who doesn't? You can send your combative text in, 65780. Uh, we'll take a break. I am on the clock today. It's been really great. Mike McCarthy needs to take notes. I don't. I don't know what has caused it, but I know I look down, I go 1043, and I'm taking a break, and I'll probably have 12 minutes before handing the uh, keys to the car to uh, BK and Ferrario. Maybe so it's the thought of boat drinks. Put me in a good headspace. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, come back with the final segment of Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Jackson, I'm not sure what's going on here. Turn your head, if you would, uh, and you're going to go counterclockwise. Okay. Okay. That's the uh, text inbox. Yep. Text line. Nurse. I think either. They're sending them, really. Thank you. And it is a string of compliments. Now, you got to skip over the one about, I don't know what that one is. About seeing me and I need to cut my hair? Yes. Wow. But then right below it. cut. You boys are growing on me. It's like herpes. Once you accept that it's not going away, you just have to manage it. I said manage that. It. I said that back in January. I said we you are a fungus. us to herpes. Well, I maybe not such so egregious like that, but a fungus. You know, grow on you. We grow in the dark, and then you shine a little light on us, and here we are. Happy uh, little right mushrooms. Below that, best show in at least a couple of states. That was always my goal. Right. To be when when you compare us to. Oh. Other programs in Iowa and Arkansas. Top 20 north of the Mason-Dixon. Top show in St. Louis. Uh, They need to give you another hour. That's from Matt in St. Peter. And I I appreciate that when that comes in, but but what I understand probably there isn't a lot of overlap with 101 ESPN and TMA listeners. Jackson and I have already done three hours before we come in here. Yeah. And then Jackson does a podcast with me in which I just word vomit for like two hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Jackson just sits there. And, and really tries to, to manage what is a finicky prostate uh, because oh, this, boy, guy, ever. this guy has to use the restroom 
uh, really often. And well, then I'm yeah. going, and it's it's sometimes it's sports, like about ten percent of the time. And then the other ninety percent is just whatever. And so I mean, that's at that point, that's six hours of broadcasting, right? And you know, and you have a wonderful lineup here with Carriker and Smallman and BK and Ferrari and the fast lane. We're guests. We're guests that stop by for an hour. The maintenance crew comes by while we're in, and it's kind of like, okay, this one doesn't count. We'll clean it up. That's 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 what the, that's what that's what they do here. I'll and make a it, brief comparison real quick. In the film Caddyshack, they let the caddies use the pool for 15 minutes. Right. That's us. We are the caddies. We dive in there. We make a, a mess of it. And then uh, we drop a baby Ruth in there, and they have to drain the pool. Uh, from the 314, right under that one. I look forward to listening to y'all each morning. Not sure why everyone tosses so much dirt on the McKernan and flashing action Jackson. It's from the 314. Look at this. Well, like I said, we're fungus. You throw dirt on fungus. I guess that's true. So that was just that I don't think we've ever had three in a row. No. There's one usually out of about 300. That's that's actually the ratio. So something happened. And even when we get compliments, it's usually backhanded. You know, uh, you guys still suck, but this one, this segment's okay. Hey, Tim, can you get Rich Gould on this show? Why I like that Rich Gould. That's who I interned for in 1997. He's out. Do you know Rich? Never met him personally. Oh, I thought you were about to wax poetic on your relationship with your school. Because, I mean, I was interning for him before you were born. Right, but we had him on the morning after, right when he retired, and it was like we had a great comedian on. Like, it was just clear out and let him go to work. Yeah. And his Twitter account is also, I highly recommend his Twitter account. (laughs) When I interned for him, this is how it worked back in the local sport. I don't know what the situation is now. You had three televisions up, just like we do here in the 101 ESPN studios. One was on Channel 2, one was on Channel 4, and one was on Channel 5. And my responsibility at about 6.18 each evening, Junior, turn on Channel 2, Channel 4, Channel 5. Let's see what we're going to do tonight at 9 o'clock. <laughs> hey. And that's how the, the, the sports cast on Channel 11 was produced, based on what Martin Kilcoyne, Steve Savard, and I think back then Mike Bush were... Uh, we're putting on. And maybe that was before Martin. That might have been Pete Peterson, the Pete Peterson era. Rich Gould is like the first crowdsourcer. He crowdsourced his yeah. sports cast. And now it's done. I mean, news aggregators or Google, they'll take your information. <laughs> and that's what that's exactly what Rich Gould did. He's an innovator is what he is. He was a great one. Uh, yeah, so um, I'd love to have Rich on the program. Talk, you can talk about anything. Oh, it's the best. He yeah, would I, not want to talk about sports, I can tell you that. He right. didn't want to talk sports when he was the sports director. <laughs> Unless... Is it Tom Watson? Unless Tom Watson's competing oh, for a tournament. Oh, he loves Tom Watson. Then it's a different story. I had him on the podcast. I wish I had this audio to play right here because people think I'm making it up. He goes, Junior, because he called me Junior. Still oh. calls me Junior. Junior, I only cried two times in my life. One was when I found out my first girl was my first child was going to be a girl. <laughs> and the other was when Tom Watson lost the Open in 2009 to Stuart Sink. <laughs> Heartbreaking. And they were delivered so well that I'm like, I'm watching Daniel Day-Lewis. I can't tell. Is he in character? Is he right. not in character? Right. I can't tell which one he would be more sad about. That's the that's the crazy part. <laughs> Guys, it took me three months to figure out this weird show, and now I'm addicted to the point that I had the shakes when it vanished last week. That's from the 314. I uh, love you guys. South City to South County, Vianney Griffins send love. The Golden Griffins, Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard that. What? Wow. Sounds like you're not high on out of, out of nowhere. Who would have thought Mike McCarthy and Vianney would be the parlay for who Jackson's upset with today? Yeah. What do you have against Vianney? 
Yeah. Oh, you just look down on it. Oh, did you? Oh my God! Did I just hear what I thought I heard? What? No, no. So you cut me off there. A poorly lighted gym. Poorly lighted gym. It was really yellow, and I didn't like that. I never like. We always started off the season with the Viani basketball tournament, and I never really liked the lighting there. So now, after endearing ourselves, as was the mission statement of the show, to reach Viani alums throughout the area, you have now turned on them. Get different lighting system in the gym. Gordon Willis was in there lighting the damn gym. Don't go soft on us now, whipping boy. That's from the 636. Jackson, we have a new gym. Do they? I guess. I don't okay, know. Check I don't, it out. I don't get around. I mean, the gym wasn't the problem. It was like. the lighting. It was just the light. It was very yellow. All right. Fair enough. Now, you're sideways with Mike McCarthy and Vianney's Gymnasium. One of the few games I started. Would you like to regale us? I was about to send it to BK and Ferrario, but it sounds like you're Took like an eight-foot floater and missed, and I think I was probably taken out of the game. <laughs> All right. We were going to try something new here against Vianney. Let's play Jim again. Oh, no. yeah, it was, it was quickly. That, that experiment didn't work. Uh, let's see. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll wrap it up because I've managed the <laughs> clock here today in yeah. a startling development. It would be perfect if you managed it so well throughout the day and then went to like then 11.04. Then <laughs> And had DK and Ferrario staring me down outside the studio. Uh, no, I will wrap it up on time. BK and Ferrario up next. I think this is my first. We will call this a clean scorecard. Yeah. Where I think I I broke properly. Yep. Mike McCarthy needs to take notes. All right. I didn't I didn't even know I could do it, but there it is. I'm, I'm excited about a clean scorecard here today. Uh, BK and Ferrario up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.